0: Hey there, Roamers. Welcome to the Roam in Your Home podcast and YouTube channel where we get to hear from full-time RVers, unpack their experiences, and learn actionable advice to help you roam in your home too. I'm your host, Jamie Williams. Thank you so much for being here. Buckle up, my friend. Let's get ready to go on an adventure together right now. Hey friends, welcome to episode number three. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm Jamie from Roman your home and my husband Randy and I have been full-time RVers since 2017 and the goal of this podcast is to give people a glimpse of RV life and hear from real full-time RVers that are living the dream. We pull back the curtain and ask all the questions and get all the answers of what we wish we knew before we started full-time RVing. My goal is to share these real-life conversations with you each week so you can get the information that you need to be able to roam in your home too. After you listen to today's episode, go back and listen to our first two episodes. They were such fun conversations that I don't want you to miss. Today, I'm honored to talk to Brian and Teresa from Our Villa Adventures. They are empty nesters that decided to sell their home and travel the country, enjoying this RV life. They share so many helpful tips and great information that you will want to take some notes. I learned so much from them, and I know you will too. So I won't make you wait any longer. Please help me give a warm welcome to Brian and Teresa. Hi, Brian and Teresa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hi. how are you? How are you doing? Doing great. I'm super excited to have you guys here.
1: Good to be here. We're excited. This is our first podcast.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, this is my first podcast, too. You're my uh, third interview, but this is definitely all new to me, so we'll learn as we go. This is exciting, though. I've loved following your adventures on Instagram and really excited to get to know you guys better and for our listeners to learn from your experiences. So we could just begin by finding out how long have you guys been on the road?
1: We've been on the road almost two and a half years. We uh, sold our home in October of 2021 and hit the road and haven't turned back.
0: That is so awesome. Now did COVID spark your interest or a lot of people have been talking about COVID made them start RVing. I didn't know if that had anything to do with you guys.
2: No, actually we bought a small travel trailer in 2016. And we started going out on weekend excursions, and we just, we fell in love with the lifestyle. And uh, our oldest at the time was in college, and our youngest was getting ready to graduate high school. And we realized we didn't want to stay in our 3,600-square-foot home without them anymore. So we just started planning, and it took us a while to get there, but we did it.
0: So you guys are empty nesters, living the dream now. That is awesome.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) So who is all in your RV with you? Is it just you two or do you guys have pets?
2: No, it's just the two of us.
0: So deciding on this RV life was just basically, you know, just wanting to get out and explore more. Is that right?
2: Yes. Well, we loved the the lifestyle of slowing down and just really enjoying life. We lived outside of DC at the time and things were just very, very crazy. So when we would get away in our little travel trailer, we were just like, oh my gosh, this is so nice just to be able to relax and sit around a fire and everything. And we're just like, you know what? There's places we wanna see and we can't afford to do it in a home.
1: And we had already been working from home since 2015. So we were used to not having to go into an office. So that helped make the transition a lot easier.
0: That is perfect. I love that. I love that you were already doing it before COVID, but that was definitely something that COVID taught everyone is that, wow, a lot of these jobs can be done remotely, which means if we have good internet, we can work from anywhere. And why are we stuck in our house when we could be like anywhere else, you know, on vacation and still work and have the best of both worlds. So that is like the one benefit of COVID if there is a benefit, but that is one. So that's so cool. You said you started a travel trailer and which is so cool that you kind of started out in something like trying to figure out if RV traveling is for you and you decided you loved it. And then what did you guys go to after that? Well,
2: we went big. We went to a 44-foot fifth wheel.
1: We wanted something that had plenty of room knowing I was still working a full-time job where I can have a office set up in the fifth wheel. And we wanted a floor plan that was going to be designed kind of like a house and have different separations between bedroom, kitchen, living room, office.
0: So how is your office then in your fifth wheel? Is it like a bunk room?
1: No, our living room has uh, two slides in it, and each slide had a sleeper sofa and then two recliners. While our rig was being built, I reached out to the manufacturer and asked them if they could not put one of the sleeper sofas in the slide and also just put me a power outlet. So that one slide is now our office. We have a stand-up desk inside that slide.
0: That is awesome. Well, first of all, good to know that you reached out to the manufacturer and they listened to you. That is really cool.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, luckily we had been in contact with our sales rep. Uh, We had met him several times and Uh, Met him at the Hershey RV show. And so we knew the rig was built. We knew you can customize certain things. Knowing what we know now, we might have customized even more stuff. But when the rig showed up at the dealership, the dealer was a little freaked out because I didn't even tell the dealership. And when it showed up, it was missing a couch. So the dealership (laughs) thought the manufacturer screwed up.
0: Oh my gosh. I bet they were kind of like, what happened? So when you guys were researching for the RV that you wanted, did you guys go to RV shows? Like you mentioned the Hershey RV show. Did you guys go to a lot of RV shows or was it YouTube? Like, how did you do your research? Well,
2: we did go to the Hershey RV show several times, actually. Uh, 2017 was the first year we went. And we went with the intention of we were thinking we were going to buy a a motorhome, a, a class A, and then we kind of just fell in love with the fifth wheel, the floor plans, the storage capacity they have. But we did. We went back to Hershey three more times after that, actually, and then and then we would go to dealerships around us in Virginia. But it's kind of hard because then you're you're being pressured by.
1: The sales the rep. The
2: sales rep. Um, so we like the RV shows because you can kind of just walk around. You're, there's no pressure sales at RV shows. So that was what we liked.
0: I love that. We found the same thing. We were really surprised when we bought our first RV, which was a 40-foot fifth wheel. We didn't know anything about RVing. So we needed to see them instead of just on YouTube. We wanted to like sit inside and really get the feel of it. And yeah, there was zero pressure. It was so nice. But I don't know if you guys discovered. I don't know if you bought your RV at the RV show, but there was a huge discounts when you, and really a lot of benefits from buying at the RV show. Did you guys see that?
2: We did notice that. We didn't buy at the RV show, uh, but we did buy from the dealer that actually was at the RV show. So we knew we had already spoken with them and talked to them, and so when we were where we bought ours, we went and talked to them in person and, and ordered it at that time. So so we already had a little bit of a relationship. So I think we did still got a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, we weren't ready to pull the trigger at the time of the RV show. It was actually months later. So that's why we didn't purchase at the RV show. The RV show was basically to first figure out the floor plan, the make and model we wanted. And once we found the, the manufacturer and the make and model, then it was just back and forth between two or three floor plans.
0: That was so smart. Just so curious. Did they honor that RV show price or was it a little bit more? That I
1: don't remember because ours was a unique situation. We ordered ours in April knowing we weren't going to be ready to pick it up till October. And this was during COVID. So when we ordered ours, we were locked in at one price. And then by the time we picked it up, the price had gone up almost $60,000 in MSRP, but the dealership did honor our original agreement. So we came out with a good deal that way.
0: That is incredible because I was following so many different conversations during COVID that the RV dealer were not honoring. And oh my gosh, that's great. You really got a good dealer that you went with then. So good for you guys. We had a good contract. It was good
1: until we gave him the check.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is always the case. (laughs) Absolutely. So now that you have your RV, what are three things that you guys love about your RV that if you were going to get another one, you would definitely want these three things in it?
1: Uh, Well, we wanted one that had full body paint and uh, we really like our full body paint and just the overall look of the RV. On top of that, the floor plan we picked, we talk about it a lot. If we had to do it all over again, we'd probably go with the exact floor plan. The only thing we would possibly change is on the paint, maybe some of the colors within the paint scheme. We love just the the fact that uh, we have our home with us anywhere we go. So if we decide just to pick up and go someplace, like if you go into a hotel packing suitcases and doing all this with us, we just pick up our home and we go.
0: That is my favorite part. I still remember going on our very first like little short trip. And we were in Florida and we were going to St. Augustine. And I remember like, you know, sitting in the passenger seat saying, did I pack? And I went, oh, wait, no, everything's with us. I don't need to pack anything. Like I have it all. It's like the coolest feeling that, yeah, you don't need to pack and unpack anymore. Yeah, that is so cool.
2: It's a nice advantage.
0: (laughs) Yes. Especially when you have a big one that you have a lot of storage. We took our 40 foot fifth wheel and then we decided to do a bucket list adventure and we sold our fifth wheel and we bought a 20 foot travel trailer. Oh, wow. right now we're like what did we do at first we're like, this is so fun this is like this is awesome this is all we need it's supposed to be like maybe a year and now it's two years and we are rv shopping every day because yeah we cannot, <laughs> <laughs> we cannot wait to have the space again like you do not know what you have until it's gone that is so so true so Yeah, we are totally looking, but I'm so glad, Brian, that you mentioned full body paint. Nobody ever told us that. And that is one of the reasons why we sold our fifth wheel is because we didn't have it. And so it only took one time for us to be buffing and all this stuff. It took like a week with the buffer, getting like that oxidation where, you know, all that shininess like wore off quick. And then I don't even know if you ever had that happen on your other RV that wasn't full body paint, but You have to wax it and buff it so often to get that gloss, and it oxidizes so quickly like a boat, and then it's hard. Like When you have a 40-foot, like you know it's so big, and it took like a week up and down the ladder, and you'd have to go over it three times, and we were just exhausted, and we said never again. We will never have another RV that is not full-body paint, but nobody ever mentions that. So I'm glad you guys knew that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. We love the full body paint. It is not as much work as having our travel trail. Like you said, you get the oxidation and the black streaks going down the side. So full body paint is definitely an advantage. Uh, It does have, you, you care a little more though if you, scrape a tree or something like that because it's in your paint. <laughs> that's the bad part.
0: That's true. I didn't think of that. So do you guys have like a schedule of waxing? Because that's what we were kind of thinking that we would, you know, wax every six months and make sure, you know, is that kind of what the role is?
1: We try to put a coat of wax once a year, but we have a product that we use on the RV that is because uh, a lot of campgrounds won't let you wash your rig. They won't let you use water. So we have a product that we found that works really good where we can do the entire RV without water if need be. And this product actually puts like a coat of wax on it. It cleans it and it puts a thin coat of wax on it and it's just a spray on. So we do that probably every couple of months maybe and the product where like it's been a couple of months since we've done it now and if people walk up to the rig they think we just washed it that's how good the product is so we really enjoy it
0: is it next gen
1: no it's a product called simple reflections
0: okay because we just bought next gen last year and it's the same similar stuff and same thing we are in love with it the spray on and it has a wax and And it's like, oh my gosh, it looks so good. And our little travel trailer obviously is not full body paint, but it looks so good. We can't wait to try it on full body paint. So say the product again. It's called Simple Reflections. They started marketing
2: with uh, the DRVs. So... Most RV owners will tell you that's what they use on their on their RV.
0: Okay, good to know. I'm going to definitely include a link in the show notes for our listeners to get that and can't wait to try that too cuz when you could spray on and you're right, there's a lot of RV parks that you know don't allow washing and so you have to keep your rig clean especially when you just, you know, travel 2000 miles and you have, you know, bugs everywhere. You you got to clean it off and so that's really good to know. I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, it comes with the whole kit too where you can get the ex- Extension poles where if you don't want to, you don't have to get up on a ladder even to clean your rig. Uh, I find a ladder helps a little bit sometimes, especially dealing with the front cap, but for the sides, you don't even have to get on a ladder if you don't want to.
0: Oh, that sounds great. That's that very, very helpful. So now that you've been in your RV, so how long has it been? Two and a half years for this um, fifth wheel? Yes. Okay. So now that you've been in it for a while, what are three things that you don't like about it that you wish you could change?
1: I guess the biggest challenge that I wish I could change if I was building these things is we have the physical cargo space for anything and everything we would ever need. Is uh the weight capacity is the biggest challenge. According to the sticker on the RV, we only get two thousand pounds cargo weight, and we don't even know if that's truly accurate. We get weighed a lot to make sure that we stay underweight. I would say within the two and a half years, we've probably weighed on CAT scales five or six times, maybe, if not more, just to make sure we're staying legal for the RV and the truck. So that's definitely a challenge. I wish we would have more weight capacity for the size of the rig and the storage they give you. The other thing is, like I said, with the full body paint, we love it. We wouldn't have a rig without it, but you do have to be really careful cleaning it, keeping it free of scratches. There's a lot of campgrounds where you're rolling in. There's just no way to avoid scraping a tree at the top. Uh, We had one campground where we had a 40 foot scratch across the top of our black paint. So it took a little buffing, but it did come out. And then lastly, I guess it would be the um, the quality to builds of these RVs for the money you're spending. You expect, like when you pull the walls down, that it's kind of like a house, but they're kind of just thrown together. So they could spend a little more attention to detail when they're building them. And that's across the board, whether you're in a $10,000 rig or, you know, a million dollar rig.
0: That is so true. We definitely have come across that too. We were used to building homes. My father was a a contractor and then my father basically taught my husband all the different aspects of building. So we built several homes together and we're used to quality construction and had no idea about anything with RV. So this was so new and you're right. The difference between a home and an RV is night and day but you know we understand everything has to be light and thin and all of that to you know have the right weight restrictions and all that but boy it's hard to see some of the stuff that they do and the yeah the corners they cut is like oh and that 40 foot scratch oh like that makes my stomach hurt to think about that too that would be hard on a painted rig
1: we had a 40 foot scratch on both sides of the rig <laughs> from <laughs> from different campgrounds.
0: <laughs> oh no. Oh, I could see like that that heartache. Oh gosh, I'm glad that you were able to buff most of it out and oh yeah, that would be really really tough especially with all the money you spend and and it's not anything that you could avoid so that's very very frustrating one thing i want to talk about real quick is you mentioned the cat scale that is so important and most people do not know about the towing numbers and and cargo capacity and payload and all those things the only way to actually know what you're doing is to weigh your rig and most people do not even know how to use the CAT scale. So I'm so glad that you guys do that to keep you guys safe and legal. And yeah, we try to do that as often as we can too. It really is easy to use. There's an app on your phone. You just pull in, click the app, and you can know your numbers really quickly. And it's, what is it, like $12 or something like that?
1: Yeah, it's dirt cheap for the peace of mind. Uh, I mean, like I you said, you're keeping yourself safe. You're keeping others on the road safe. And also, if you were to have a problem, uh, we have have had problems where when we have reached out to either the manufacturer or to Lippert, one of the first questions they've asked is, do you have a current weight ticket? So it was nice to not have to stress over, oh yeah, I can send you one right away. And the problem that we've realized is a lot of people don't wanna know their weight because they know they're overweight from the get-go.
0: Yeah, and that is so scary. I don't know if it's true, but we've heard so many times that if you are in an accident, even if it's not your fault, if you are overweight, you are liable. Have you ever heard that?
1: We've heard that like you, I don't know of anyone firsthand to say if it's true or not, but we have heard that. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons we like to make sure we stay under the max weight.
0: Yeah, we agree. Better safe than sorry. And we're going to like pretend that is true. In fact, because we do not want to be liable and overweight when there's no reason to be, especially if you can quickly weigh and, and make the right changes accordingly. I'm so glad you brought that up. So thank you. You know, I don't know if you guys, when you were starting to RV, if you guys are like me, I am on, you know, Pinterest and looking at YouTube and Instagram for all the latest like RV gadgets and all the different accessories. And it's so fun to find like space saving, like collapsible bowls and all the different stuff. So now that you guys have been RVing, what are some things that you guys love that you would take with you and recommend to other RVers? What are three things that are like RV? must-haves in your book?
2: Well, we have three safety RV things that we would say. Uh, TPMS, that's a must-have. Surge guard and a water regulator slash filter system. But for me, as a wife in an RV, I would say, like you're saying, like things that are collapsible, lightweight. I only have one glass bowl in my entire RV Everything else is plastic or paper. I made sure like things could be used in two different ways. All my utensils in the kitchen are multi-use and I could not live without my Instapot.
0: I love that. That is so true. We got rid of all of our glass. I think we might have just a couple little glass things, but yes, everything's plastic. And I love the idea that, you know, most of our things can have multi-use purposes because you just don't have room for so many things. So yeah, if it can have dual purpose, then we get it. And I love that. And for the safety features that you mentioned, those are so true, especially the TPMS. We highly recommend that no one travels without it. It has saved us so many times and is definitely our number one thing that we look at before we start on a trip we make sure obviously our our tires have the right pressure but that our tpms is reading right before we leave and so i'm so glad you mentioned that too
2: absolutely and
0: so now that you guys are totally on the road what is easier than you thought about it i know like for us we were like thinking that there was going to be so many issues and we were going to really have a long time to get comfortable but there was a lot of things that were were easier than we thought what about you guys
1: i'd say the biggest thing it was scary having never towed anything quite so big just the fact of towing the rig where you're you know 64 feet total length with the truck in the rv and then getting to a campsite and having to back in Uh, not that we're professionals at backing in but for the first year she would only reserve pull through sites for me and that was because we just were not experienced at backing in and we get better every time, but those were probably the two things. I was nervous about being the biggest challenge. And now that we've been doing it, it's like second nature.
0: I love that. Do you guys have good hand signals? Cause we don't. <laughs> and, and if you do, like, did you learn them somewhere? Cause I think I'm saying one thing and he's looking at me, like I'm saying something else. So do you guys have your hand signals down or do you use a radio or anything?
2: So, I thought we would do hand signals, and we tried that when we first got the rig. Uh, our dealer told us to go practice in a parking lot. We almost got divorced and <laughs> took the RV back <laughs> after that. We went back to the dealer, and thankfully, our sales guy actually owned his own RV, I told him, I said, look, I don't know what to tell him. I don't know how to tell him to back in. What am I doing wrong? And he told us, first of all, don't use hand signals because everything's backwards to someone looking through a mirror. And second of all, you have to use certain keywords. So I tell him either tail to the driver's side or tail to the passenger side. And that tells him whether I want the back of the RV to go to the driver's side or the passenger side. And I and the same thing if I want the front end, I say nose to the driver, nose to the passenger. And that way he knows which way to turn the wheel. It's just made it so much easier now that we know we understand how to do that.
1: Yeah, the biggest mistake that when we first started, she would say left or right, you can't use that terminology. We find driver side and passenger side work best for us
0: we definitely discover that too i'm so glad for the nose and the tail tip too because I will do this uh, passenger and driver side. And he's like, well, what do you want me to put to the passenger driver? I'm like, the back or the front. You know, And I'm like, oh, I love that nose and tail. I love that. We're definitely getting better as we go, but it's taken a lot. <laughs> you know, I love those uh, helpful hints that I'm definitely going to be using those too. And that will make us not argue <laughs> as much too. <laughs> that is so funny that you said that. I know you're joking, but it's so true. It's like so frustrating when... I feel like I'm giving good clear advice and he's like you're not at all. <laughs> and I'm like yeah, it's so funny, but the first time I had to help him back in, we were actually in Florida and we were outrunning a a hurricane. So this was our very first unplanned trip and we were like, wow, we're not ready for this. And so we had to just pack up and we went to Alabama and we were backing in and the guy who owned it, it was just a little teeny RV park and he like was on a golf cart. was given the hand signals and he was like, wow, I have never seen anybody give hand signals like that before. <laughs> And he was not complimenting me. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm still trying to learn. But (laughs) so after that, we're like, we need to talk about like, how do you learn how to do this? Like nobody teaches this. And so I'm, I'm glad for those tips. Those are very, very helpful. And so is there anything more difficult than you guys had planned with this RV life?
1: i i can't think of anything that has been more i mean for the most part it's all positives one of the hardest things is when it comes to cleaning the truck and the rig sometimes um, i like to have both clean at all times and not been able to find car washes or the states where you're traveling in and it's dust and wind and Uh, keeping keeping the rigs clean has been my biggest challenge, I guess, if I had to come up with one.
0: That is so true. It is really hard. We were so used to having, you know, clean cars all the time, you know, at our house, because you can control that. And then now that we can't control it, it's like, oh, where can we go to clean, you know, our rig and our truck? And it is very, very challenging. And people don't, you never thought about that before you actually are in it. So, yeah, that's so true. We definitely agree with that.
1: We did find one harvest hose in the past two and a half years that was actually at a car wash. So that was probably my favorite harvest hose. <laughs> it was a car in our wash harvest house
0: okay what state is that in i want to look that up because we love our (laughs) harvest house and that will be ideal oh my gosh Yeah,
2: it was in virginia right off i-95 uh north of richmond ashton i think
0: oh my gosh that is ideal i never even thought to look for that that's so great i'm glad for that tip
2: and it was uh, a unique harvest house in the sense too that it did offer 30 amp hookup so That was kind of nice, too. We weren't truly boondocking.
0: Oh, anytime we can get that extra electric, even if it's 30, it's like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. Electric is definitely a plus when you can have it. So now that we've talked about places to stay, like the Harvest Hosts like that, I love that you guys go there. And uh, thanks for that tip of the car wash. Do you guys prefer like RV parks or do you prefer boondocking or Harvest Hosts?
2: So we're kind of bougie. <laughs> we prefer full hookup campgrounds. We like concrete pads. We aren't necessarily looking for campgrounds with a lot of amenities. We don't need that so much because we don't have kids, so we don't need a playground. We don't have dogs, so we don't need a dog park. We just we just like being able to have hookups.
0: Yeah, we agree. It's so nice to have privacy, like boondocking and, and all of that, but <laughs> there is nothing better than just having the convenience of hookups and not having to conserve or worry about anything. It is quite nice. You really get what you pay for.
2: Sure. Well, and the thing is, we didn't get into this lifestyle to rough it. If we wanted to rough it, we would have just stayed with a tent or our little travel trailer, but uh, we wanted to enjoy... Our life, and at the same time, see the country. We weren't looking to, you know, prove that we could live off uh, off grid for a week.
0: That's true. That's true. And and that's the best part about RVing is, you know, it is for the person who likes all the, you know, comforts of home and to have electricity and sewer and water and not have to worry about anything. And it can also be for the person who does want to rough it and in the middle of nowhere. And that's what's so great about this RV life is, whatever you want it to be it can be and i love that i love that you guys have found you know the comforts of the rv park and and you know what you want because A lot of times, too, like I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, when you look at the RV park online, you know, and sometimes when you pull in, it doesn't look the same. But, you know, like, okay, well, I'm not going to stay here then or I'm going to go down the street or whatever. And and you're in control. When you have your RV, you don't have to stay anywhere. You're committed. Your neighborhood could be wherever you want to be. And that's the best part about RVing.
2: Absolutely, it's definitely unique to each and every person. You know, you don't have to go fit inside the box.
0: <laughs> right, and there's no right or wrong. Like, what's you know right for me might not be right for you, and and it's whatever makes you happy and whatever's you know comfortable for you guys. And that's what I love about it. I love experiencing new things and then finding out like, okay, I've done that, but what do I really like? What makes me happy? Because it is hard to boondock. We've done it for a week, uh, a couple years ago. We really wanted to try it, and although it was wonderful to be out in the middle of nowhere and have all the privacy and it was the most gorgeous views. It's hard. It is hard. You're, you're conserving everything, you know, from trash to gray water, like fresh water. Every little thing is like, oh, I don't know if we could do that. Can we shower today? We probably can't. I mean, there's like, it is roughing it. It's <laughs> roughing it. And it's not real fun. I don't. I mean, just to be honest with, you know, at least with us, like it's it's not super fun. So we love having the, the comforts of home and the RV park. And then if you want to go out and we we do have a tent that we take with we have a Jeep gladiator so we have a air mattress in the bed and then we have a truck tent and so if we want to rough it for a couple of days we'll go off you know off grid and do that but leave our rv hooked up in a nice rv park that we can come back and shower and, and have all the, the best of both worlds no that
2: sounds great yeah
0: it is it is so how many states have you guys been in
2: we keep track of our states that we actually see Stay in, not necessarily drive
0: through, but
2: I would say staying in, I think we're up to 27 or 28.
0: That's awesome. That's right around where we're at too. I think it's 27 or 28. That's so cool. So out of all of the places that you've been and stayed, this is the hardest question to answer. So I know, I don't even know how I would answer it. If you can give your top five, what would they be?
2: Okay, we're going to give you our top five general locations, not campgrounds, because that's very hard. Oh, yeah, no. So, Glacier slash Montana is by far our favorite. Second would be Grand Teton slash Wyoming, again, the mountains. And then Idaho, which was a total shock for us. We had no idea how much we would love Idaho. Uh, Utah, oh my gosh, just the whole state is just gorgeous in Colorado. We've always loved Colorado. We lived in Colorado for years and we just always loved it.
0: Oh, that's so good to know because the first four that you mentioned are on our bucket list. We cannot wait to go to Glacier and the Grand Tetons and Utah, all five national parks in Utah, but we just went to Colorado for the first time in 2022 and we were able to stay 10 weeks And we did not want to leave. It always was like our number one bucket list, you know, state. And we actually drove through and we were there like maybe a half a day, like in 2018. And we knew we loved it, but we really didn't get a chance to explore. And so when we were, you know, setting up the 10 weeks, we want to do 10 different places. And that's where we boondocked and all that. But I'll tell you what, oh, that has stolen our hearts and we cannot wait to go back. Even though like Utah, there's in Wyoming and Montana, everything's on our list. It's like, gosh, we want to go back to Colorado so bad though. So we're definitely going to hit it before we go to everywhere else. But that's awesome.
2: We are definitely going to have to go back to uh, Montana and Idaho for sure. And Utah, we didn't get to hit all five of the Mighty Five while we were in Utah. So we love out west. It's There's just so much to see out there.
0: We agree. We are from Ohio, and then we moved to Florida for 20 years, so we didn't know mountains. We thought mountains were like the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we love that, but that's, you know, nothing compared to these snow-capped mountains, these 14,000-foot, you know, peaks, and it just totally stole our hearts, and every time we see it, it's like, we see it for the first time and we get, you know, butterflies in our stomach and we're, we get goosebumps. It's like, this is such a magical view. We absolutely love the mountains and it's really hard to be away from them. But we have no family over there. We're like, we're always telling our friends and family, if you guys move out west, we will come too. <laughs> but yeah, we don't know anyone. So it's hard to stay out there.
2: That's us too. Well, both of our sons and their wives live on the East Coast. So for us to be out west, it takes us away from our kids. So That's hard.
0: That's so true. So it's nice to visit and then come home and see everybody and then go back out. So that's what we do too. Now, when you guys are traveling, what do you guys do to stay safe? Like in your RV, have you ever been worried about being safe? No, we've not yet
2: been to a campground where we felt unsafe. I have to say we did pull into a Walmart one time. We were going to boondock overnight at a Walmart and we pulled in and I was like, no way we are not staying here. I did not have a piece about it. And so I just got online and started looking for campgrounds close by and I happened to find one that could fit us for the night, thankfully. So that's been the only time we've not felt safe on the road, but that's the joy of this journey is that we have that right to make that decision. We can just pick up and go. It might cost you some money if you have to leave a campground, but uh, it's not worth your safety or getting stuff stolen you know, it's just not worth it.
0: That is so true. We agree, you know, You just listen to your gut. If you pull in somewhere, you know, we've done that with Walmart and you're like, nah, this seems pretty sketchy. We are not staying here. It's just, how are we going to sleep if we're worried, right? And then you have to have a good night's sleep to travel the next day. So there is nothing more important than peace of mind. We've pulled into campgrounds where we've already paid, like you said, and it's like, nope, this doesn't look like what it looked like online. It's just not worth it. We're leaving. And yeah, better safe than sorry once again.
2: Right. Something else too that we do for staying safe on the road besides all of our safety features we have on our rig with our tpms and we do have a dash cam and and everything but we also we do not travel over 300 miles a day on a travel day and actually that's a little too much for us sometimes sometimes we're just like you know what 250 is the max and we like to pull in somewhere when it's still daylight and We tend to stay two weeks somewhere, if not three, because it's just a lot of wear and tear on your rig to move a lot and your body. You just can't be going, 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 going because you're just, you're missing the point of the whole RV life. And I think you just, you miss out on too much.
0: I love that you mentioned that there's so many people who are trying so hard to get to the destination that they miss the journey. We are exactly the same way where we try to do 250 to 300. You feel still good when you get to the RV park. It is daylight. We have set up in the dark a couple times and we highly recommend not doing that because it is super unsafe. Yeah, that's such good points that you brought up. I love that you talked about that.
2: We've only pulled into an RV park twice in the dark and once was because we had a mechanical issue that delayed us. And yeah, it's not fun to set up in the dark. I mean, he does all the outdoor stuff, so he's the one actually setting up in the dark. I'm inside with power, but it's just not fun. It makes it hard to park and all those kind of things when you're in the
0: dark.
1: And that's when you forget one of your steps and make a mistake and something breaks, then you cause more harm than good at that point.
0: That's exactly it. You know, you can't see enough. It's so easy to miss some of your steps and it's just not worth it. So we definitely say the same thing. We want to get there in the daylight and just still have... some hours to like go see the town even and grab something to eat and just relax before you have to go to bed and then get up and do it all over again if you're you know just stopping on your way so I love that so you're talking a little bit about a mechanical issue when we were researching you know and looking at YouTube and you know looking at other people's videos and Instagram and stuff everybody always said it's not If it's when something happens to your RV and you better just get used to it, do you guys want to tell the listeners about what are some things that you guys have had to experience with um, issues with your RV? Uh,
1: We've had a few, uh, probably one of the more scary ones. And it was uh, in our first year Uh, we were pulling in. We had got off the interstate. We were in Las Vegas and we were getting ready to pull into a military campground. And I was at the red light. And when I went to make a left-hand turn, I noticed smoke coming out of the back of the RV area on the driver's side. So we immediately pulled over and come to find out one of our leaf springs had broke and our axle slipped and started rubbing against our rear landing gear. Luckily, we had uh, RV snap pads on the landing gear. So the tire was rubbing against the rubber of the snap pad and that was causing the smoke versus if we wouldn't have had the uh, snap pads, it would have been rubber going against the metal of the landing gear, and it would have shredded our tire and caused more harm to the RV. So we were able to overcome that. That was probably one of the biggest issues that had us broke down on the side of the road. We've had, had another issue where we did break another lease spring just due to the uh, bad road conditions. So we've learned to check our suspension. We check the torque. One of the things that we realized is when you buy these rigs brand new is they're not torquing down your axles properly. Uh, After we had that first axle slipped, I checked the rest of them and none of them were within torque. And being new RVers, we didn't know that that was something we should be checking for. So now every few trips, I'll get down and I'll check the torque, make sure everything's good while I'm checking my tire pressure and all that. So that was probably our biggest and most scary experience in in my opinion.
0: Wow, Brian, I am so thankful you just mentioned that because I am writing myself a note right now about the torque on the axles. I didn't even know that. And we had um, an R40-foot fifth wheel coming from Ohio to Florida. This was back, I think, 20... Actually, it was January 1st of 2020. I don't know if you have had any experience with I-95 roads in South Carolina, but uh, that is terrible. And our leaf spring snapped and I was following in another vehicle. So we had a separate vehicle and I was actually towing my husband's motorcycle And so I'm behind him, and I see smoke, like you say, and I had no clue it was happening. I was radioing my husband, Randy, to say, you need to pull over. And at the same time, there was a truck going next to him, like, rolling his window down with somebody hanging out, like, you need to pull over. And uh, he gets out, checks what's going on, and here the leaf spring snap. The whole side of the RV is now riding on our two wheels, and they adjust destroyed them so we could not go anywhere thankfully we had roadside assistance and we were able to get towed to a uh, nearby truck stop that actually had a repair shop there, um, but we waited a week in that truck stop parking lot for our RV to be fixed. So that is so scary, and I did not know about the torquing. So I, I don't know if my husband does because he handles all of that, but I'm definitely going to make sure he knows that. So good information for the listeners too. That's so so smart. I'm so sorry you guys had to deal with that twice.
1: Well, one of them was the torque. The other one was just the road conditions that the. You know, RVs just aren't designed to handle the sheer amount of potholes and bumps, so there was nothing we could do. Now we actually travel with a spare set of leaf springs, just in case, knowing that this is kind of a common thing. But the torque thing's a big one. Most people don't know to check the torque on their U-bolts.
0: No, didn't know that. I'm so curious to find out if my husband knows that. I, I bet he doesn't. And another thing you just said is traveling with an extra set of leaf springs didn't even think of that. When we get our next rig, that is something we're definitely going to do because like I said, that's what happened with us. It's we, There was nothing we could have done. We hit the biggest pothole that was so scary loud. Then this happened. It just snapped it. Yeah, there's really nothing you can do, but traveling with an extra set, you know, that would have saved us a week. That's really smart. So what are your tips? You know, it's funny, now that we have this 20-foot travel trailer, everybody who comes in, you know, especially people who don't RV, so they, they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I could never do it. You guys must really like each other, <laughs> and so um, we get along. <laughs> we get along really great. We've been married 31 years. We are in the smallest space. Literally, it's like one room, and we still laugh. We still have fun. We've never, you know, uh, regretted it. Uh, We just missed the storage and the space, that's for sure. But are there any tips that you guys take for just keeping a close and good relationship with living in a small space? Uh,
1: Yeah, we've learned to make time for ourselves when it comes to exercising. She likes to work out in a rig and go for walks. I like to go for runs. So that gets us a little alone time Um, while I'm driving. We just this past year, we started driving with two vehicles. So she she's to follow vehicle now. So we spend so much time and, you know, 300 square feet to have our own on travel days. where each have a little alone time, listen to whatever we want on the radios, and we still talk on the walkie-talkies while we're driving. So that's one way. And then we don't have a washer and dryer in our rig. So she gets out during the day to do laundry as needed. So... And we do a lot of like while she's working on the inside, I'll, I'll be working around the rig, either fixing, organizing or doing something outside the rig.
0: I think those are such great tips. And I feel like it really is similar to when you were at home, right? You know, you guys get along when you were at home and you still did similar things where you do things together, you do things separately, and it really doesn't change a whole lot. Yes, you're living, you know, in a small space, but you still have a, you know, a good relationship. And so I think wherever you start, like if you have a bad relationship at home, it's not gonna get better by going (laughs) RVing, you know? And if you have a good relationship at home, it's going to still be good RVing and it might even be better. I don't feel like it's going to be, you know, really any different. So I think you just need to kind of inspect what your relationship is before you try this RV life. Cause yeah, don't run away from your problems. It's going to be amplified in the RV, but yeah, we love it. We have no regrets about living in a small space together. So sounds like you guys get along really good too.
2: Well, and it helped too that he had been working from home already since 2015. So I mean, the fact is, is we were already together all the time. We were in a bigger space, of course, but we had already kind of adjusted to that whole being around each other all the time, 24-7. It was just having to adjust to being in a little smaller space 24-7. <laughs> but yeah, it. I mean, we do enjoy being with each other and we've been married a little over 30 years as well. So you just gotta, like you said, don't run away from your problems. If you got problems in your house, it, it's it's going to be worse in a smaller space. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. So now that you guys are really experienced with this life, what advice would you guys give somebody who's just thinking about it?
2: I would say, do your research. It takes time, take the time to research other RVers that are successfully living this lifestyle. I mean, we spent hours watching YouTube, you know, and we watched all kinds of YouTubers and we have our favorites now that we only watch now. But back then we watched everybody we would watch, you know, especially the ones that had the clickbait where it was like, you know, we wrecked our rig and then come to find out they didn't really wreck it, but you know, they, they did some damage or whatever. We spent years watching YouTube, doing research and going to RV shows and looking in all kinds of different RVs and just taking the time to do it because we didn't want to sell our home and everything we own practically, and then hate this lifestyle. So I would say that would be my other second tip would be if you have the capability to rent an RV or borrow an RV from somebody for a week or more, I would do it before you sell everything and buy your own RV. Because if you can't make it a week or two, then you know that this is just not your lifestyle. So uh, stick with maybe just doing it for the weekends or something for a while and research. You got to do your research.
0: That is such a great tip. Yeah, we researched a lot and and still, even with all the research that we did, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this too, there's still things we're learning. I mean, we've been doing this for six years and just right now with Brian telling me about the, the torque of the axles, I didn't even know that. And there's you're still always learning, but if you didn't do any research and had to learn everything you know, on the go, I can imagine how frustrating this RV life would be there is no way we would have stuck with it. So knowing, you know, as much as you can prior to hitting the road, you're just going to set yourself up for so much more, you know, enjoyable experiences because there's still a ton to learn.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And how do you guys get your mail? Do you still have like a home base anywhere? No, you said you sold it. So what do you guys use for an address?
1: Uh, We have a mail service. Uh, We use Florida as our domicile state. And we go through My RV Mail, uh, and we actually have a physical address with My RV Mail with a, uh, an actual number assigned to us. So anytime we get mail, we get notified via email, and we also have an app, and they send a picture of, hey, you just received this package or just le- this letter. And then from there, you can choose if you want them to forward that to you at your current location, or they can scan it and send you a PDF. Or if it's junk mail, you can have them shredded. So, and we've had them since day one, and we've had not a single issue with them. So, it's been really good.
0: We do something similar and that is such a cool thing. That's probably one of the biggest questions we get asked is how do you get your mail and how do you have an address and all this? And isn't that such a cool idea that you can buy an address and it's a legit address. You have it on your license, your insurance and registration, all that. It's a real address and you can get your mail and you can look at it, you know, like you said, on the phone and decide if you want it forwarded or they can open it, take a picture, you can shred it. And I love that you guys are doing that too, because it really does work well.
2: Yes, it works well. And then, of course, if we're at a campground that will allow us to receive packages, we will do that because obviously it saves us money just to have something shipped directly to us versus shipped to Florida and then to us. But, you know, a lot of times you can't control all your mail that comes to you. Sometimes it's something you didn't know you were getting in the mail. So it's just nice to know it can go one place. We can always have access to it. And like he said, we've never had an issue. Just recently, I got called to jury duty and our mail service contacted us immediately as soon as it came in the mail they contacted us saying hey you've been called for jury duty here it is (laughs) they're very prompt and Take care of things very well for us.
0: I love that, and oh, that is my biggest fear about getting jury duty when we're in another state. So you just basically let them know that you are in a different state, and they excused you.
2: Well, they've deferred it. Unfortunately, it, it went. It was a long process to figure out how to get that taken care of because our mail service. They were like, "Oh, just call the courthouse and tell them you're out of state and you're a full-time RVers. No problem." Well, we did that, and if there was a problem, but it's been deferred for now. So. For now, I'm, I'm good.
0: Good, because I really wanted to find out, yeah, what do we have to do if that happens? Yeah, that's the only thing. We are not sure what to do on that, but I guess you do what you gotta do, so. And then another question that we get asked all the time, because, you know, a lot of people love this idea of traveling and being able to to go where and when you want, but everybody wants to find out, well, how do you make money? We still need to make money, so how do you guys do it? And if you don't mind me asking, how do you guys make money on the road?
1: Well, for the first two years, I had a full-time job. I just kept my job from when we lived in our sticks and bricks, and um, that's how we made our income. Uh, But just recently, we're kind of changing career paths, and I'm currently in school at the National RV Train Academy. So I'm just going to be a full-time mobile tech on the road now, effective March 1st. So that'll be our new way of making money come March.
0: I love that. Oh, it's going to give you so much peace of mind for your own rig too, that when something happens, you'll know how to fix it. I keep talking to my husband about that too. That would be so great. How do you like the school so far?
1: It's been awesome. I just finished my third week and I have uh, four weeks to go. So definitely learning a lot on uh, just stuff that I've been doing wrong, thinking I was doing it right for the past two
0: years. Wow, good to know all that you're learning. When you get your certificate and you're done and you're ready to start doing your own services, definitely get me all your information so I could link to it in the show notes so that people can sign up for your services if you're in the area that they are in. Is that how you're going to kind of do it? Just, you know, let people know where you're at? And
1: Yeah. then the school, you there's a locator pin on their website. So if you're searching for a certified technician, you can go to the NRVTA website and we'll be able to drop pins there on where we're going to be located, when we're going to be there and so forth. So, And Teresa do a lot of uh, advertising on social media as well.
0: That is so great. I'm so glad you guys are doing that. That's really going to be so helpful for you and for everyone around you that needs help. So that is awesome. Well, where can our listeners follow more of your journey on social media?
2: Uh, well, right now we just have our Instagram channel, the Rvilla Adventures. We played around with the idea of having a YouTube channel, but uh, we just haven't made that plunge yet.
0: Well, if you do, you know, get a YouTube channel, just definitely let me know. I will link to your social media and also give the links of your favorite products and also the RV maintenance when you get that going too. This has been such a fun conversation. You guys have given me personally so much help information, and I know you have helped our listeners tremendously. I thank you guys so much for your time. I'm so glad that you were here today, and I hope to see you guys on the road one day.
1: Same here. Sounds good.
0: Yes,
2: absolutely.
0: Wasn't that such a great conversation filled with lots of awesome tips? I hope that you go right now to follow them on Instagram at Adventures and make sure you visit our show notes for the links to their website and to find out how you can hire Brian for some RV maintenance. You'll find all the links on our website at roamyourhome.com slash Adventures. Come back each week because I have so many fun interviews coming up. You'll hear my conversations with Patty and Shane from Gills on Wheels Kirsten and Clarence from Move with Mac, Janelle from Winds RV Club, Sarah and Jeff from Wake Up and Wander, Chris and Gary from Big Dog RV, and so many more. You won't want to miss these great conversations filled with so many awesome tips and travel information. I learned so much and I know you will too, so come back each week. Thanks so much for listening and I hope to see you on the road. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Roam in Your Home podcast and YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe to our show and consider giving us a five-star review. It's free and would mean the world to us and help us grow. If you know anyone who would also enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Roam in Your Home. Come back next week for another fun adventure, but until then, stay safe and we hope to see you on the road. Well, thanks so much again. I hope you guys have a great day. Bye.